Welcome back. It is that time of year when we are decorating, we are cooking, we are heating, and we want to be safe with all of those things. Folks at the National Fire Protection Association right here in Quincy can help us do that. Welcome Lorraine Carley back to the program. <laughs> Lorraine, great to see you again. It's great to see you. Thank you for having me. It's been a while since we've been able to do this in person. It has. So really yeah. excited about that. Yeah, we're looking forward to many more uh, yeah, going forward as well. Perfect time of year, too, to have you come back, right? It is a great time of year to be back. Yeah. As everybody says, it's the most wonderful time <laughs> of the year. But from our perspective, that's true. But there's also um, a fire safety time of the year as well as we head into uh, what is some of the more common months for fires. As you said to me before the program, it's the trifecta yeah, uh, for it's, the it's NFPA. A, it, yeah. It's a bit of a perfect storm this time of year between holidays, winter, people turning on their heat maybe for the first time right. or the continuing time. So uh, there's a lot of things that we can remind people about from a fire safety perspective. Right. Like the two uh, announcements that we just saw from Dan, and don't be a doofus, right? Yeah, Dan Doofus <laughs> is a great little character that we created a few years ago. He does in a kind of funny way tell people uh, how they can be safer from different types of fire and uh, he's been very popular and a good deliverer of the message for us. Yeah, we'll yeah. keep running those here too. Yeah, uh, thank you. I appreciate that. Maybe for folks who aren't uh, familiar with the NFPA and its mission, maybe a little refresher course if you could. Sure, the yeah. National Fire Protection Association is now 126 years wow. old and we are based right here in Quincy. We are a self-funded nonprofit that is devoted to keeping people and property safe from fire, electric, and other types of hazards. What would you say are some of the, uh, the main things that folks would be aware of that the NFPA is behind when it comes to fire safety? Yeah, I would say probably one of the most common things people might be familiar with is Sparky the Fire Dog. Sure. Sparky the Fire Dog is our mascot. He's uh, in his 70s now, so <laughs> been around a long time. So people might remember the, him from their school days when people taught stop, drop, and roll and learn not to burn and those kinds yep. of things. And Sparky has morphed over those 70 plus years, but still really valuable in teaching fire safety, particularly to young children. It's yeah. a great way to get the message across in a more lighthearted and uh, kind of gaming way. He has his own website now and uh, his own social media channels so people can get lots of information, whether it's parents or kids. Uh, I think also people might be less familiar with who NFPA is, but very familiar with the messages that we develop and deliver. Yes. Things like smoke alarm messaging and all of those kinds of fire safety messages that we talk about throughout the year. Yeah, and things that are commonplace in our everyday lives that you might not be aware of. Just in yeah. this room, there is a fire alarm system. There's yeah. a fire extinguisher. Um, things are there like sprinklers? That. There are sprinklers. Uh, Let's hope they don't go off right that's now. That's great. <laughs> yes. um, that's true, and I yeah. think people don't recognize all of the safety aspects around them, but we always say you don't have to walk too far in your home or your neighborhood or your workplace to see some influence of NFPA. Uh, one of the one examples I often use is the reason that doors push out rather than pull in yeah. is so that you can quickly get out if something's happening in the building. Yes, yes. Uh, here in Boston, they just recognized the 80th anniversary of the Coconut Grove 
nightclub fire, right. uh, which today still is the deadliest nightclub fire in this country. And a lot of those deaths occurred when people tried to get out through a revolving door and then got stacked up in the door. Today, because of code changes as a result of that, you would not see a revolving door without exits beside it right. to help people be able to get out quicker. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So lots of influence that we've had over safety in that 126-year right. history. What about yeah. in um, people's homes, Lorraine? You know, what are some of the common things that folks uh, have in their homes because of the new codes? And what things should they be aware of when it comes to sure. keeping safe? Yeah. Um, probably one of the most influential things in fire safety in homes is the use of smoke alarms, which became much more commonplace in around the late 1970s or so. Uh, so today we require that smoke alarms be placed on every level of your home, inside each bedroom and outside each sleeping area. So that is really critical in safety, especially today, because if you do have a home fire today, you're actually more likely to die than you were in 1980 because of the fast speed at which fires occur. We used to tell people that if you have a fire in your home, you're probably going to have eight to ten minutes to get out. That's a good amount of time. Yeah. Uh, today, because of the way homes are built and the things that we have in our homes, much more um, synthetic materials that burn quicker, a lot of electronics, so those things tend to burn faster, mm -hmm. give off a really toxic smoke. Uh, so you could have as little as two minutes to get out. Wow. So the real safety message there is making sure that you have those working smoke alarms and that you develop and practice an escape plan with yes. your family. Yeah. yeah. Something you said to me uh, right before the show this morning that stuck with me is most of the materials in our homes are basically hard gasoline. Yeah, when you talk about those synthetic polyurethane foam yeah. materials. If we think about maybe going to visit our grandparents or you know you go to an antique store you see those old heavy couches with big thick cushions made out of natural materials. Yeah. Cotton metal fibers, springs inside. metal springs, yeah. big thick wooden legs. Yeah. Those things tended to burn much slower than what we see today which is that polyester or polyurethane foaming uh, that go up very quickly in that addition of the toxic gas. Yeah. Thick black smoke because sometimes when I talk about this people say well I would know how to get out of my home I live here I go out that front door every single right. day yeah. but you would be amazed how quickly you would be overcome and disoriented by that smoke yes. so yeah. knowing what to do the minute the smoke alarm goes off where to get out what's your second exit if that first one is blocked yeah yeah I think the th yeah the thing that people discount is the effects of the fumes because exactly that's what gets you before you know before. you think fire oh it's, it's just a fire I'll just I'll just walk, walk around right it, by you know? it yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, no. the fumes are gonna affect you much quicker than, much quicker you know. so being able to understand that and know exactly what to do so that smoke alarm gets goes off, you're moving right out the door right. or out a window if that that doorway is blocked. Yeah. And keeping all of the, the exits to your home uncluttered. Sure, sure. Yeah. Uh, and make sure that those detectors are functioning, They're working, right? yeah. working smoke alarms, because still today we see the vast majority of fire deaths occur in homes that have no working smoke alarms. Okay. Either they don't have them at all, or the ones that they have um, don't have the right batteries or have, have worn out. And the, the technology of 
detectors has changed over the years. It too, has. Right? Yeah, the smoke alarms are much better than they were before. Uh, we now have what they call long life batteries, mm -hmm. which you typically get almost 10 years out of. So you don't have to worry about that. Uh, there are newer alarms that are less susceptible to nuisance alarms because oftentimes you'd hear people say, well, I was cooking something, I, the smoke alarm goes off, I, so I disconnected it. Um, so better smoke alarms, uh, interconnected smoke alarms, which is important because if you have a fire in one area of your home and you might be a good distance away, yeah. you want to make sure that you're hearing it. True. So the alarm goes off in one place because of a fire, those alarms in the rest of the home uh, go off as well yep. so that you can get that that jump start yep. on the fire to be able to get out the door. Early detection is the key. That right? is really the key. Yeah. And uh, in addition now is uh, CO detectors in addition. That's a combination unit you can get too. Right? Yeah, With you both. can get yeah. combination, but carbon monoxide is really important, especially if we, as we head into the winter mm. months because oftentimes you could have a malfunctioning heating appliance yep. or something. Uh, snow could block the um, the fumes getting into, out of your home. So there's things like that you want to be careful of. Sure. Uh, oftentimes, too, winter storms. Mm -hmm. uh, so your power might go out. You use a portable generator that may give off um, CO and if it's too close to the home. So there's all kinds of safety messages around that as well, Joe. Yes, yeah. So yeah. it's important to keep those. Is there a code for CO detectors? Just there like is. Smoke it, detectors? It's part of, actually, part of the detection and smoke alarm code oh, that we have. Okay. Uh, lots of uh, jurisdictions require them, as we do here in Massachusetts. Yep. Uh, so that's that's another important safety thing this time of year mm -hmm. um, in particular. Sure. Yeah. Um, have you you know have you seen some improvements, Lorraine, um, in fire safety with all these code changes? Yeah. In yeah. fact, we did a report last year that we looked at the fire safety problems since 1980, and certainly there have been tremendous progress. We see um, far fewer fires, far fewer deaths, um, but that rate of of death because mm -hmm. of what we were talking about earlier is starting to creep up. Okay. We used to see about seven or eight thousand people a year year die in, in home fires across today the country. across the country okay. today we see about a little less than 3,000 okay. so the numbers have gone down um, but we do see fires that are more deadly um, because of those things um, but the big success that we found is that mandated codes and standards and technology so the use of smoke alarms had a significant impact on those numbers um, as did public education. Mm -hmm. So what mm -hmm. we're doing today is really important yep. because when people understand the risk, they're much more able to take the right actions. Sure. Um, because I think, unfortunately, because we've had such success in bringing the numbers down, we battle a little bit of complacency. Complacency, sure. Yeah. yeah. People think, eh, it's not going to happen to me, yeah. or I can get out of my home quickly, or I haven't seen a fire in my neighborhood. Yeah. So that's always something that's going to happen to somebody else. Yeah. Uh, so complacency is a big piece of what we do uh, have to battle, and that's why public education is so critical. Yeah. Have you seen the fire service uh, adapt over the years to, to fighting fires and, sure. and educating the public? Yeah, and well, yeah. the fire service has always been the biggest educator of the public. Sure. Um, it's the fire service, it's teachers, and then parents. Mm -hmm. So when we think about that, but the fire service is very much in tune with what 
they see in fire today, so being that changing uh, educational message, you know, we all benefit from newer technologies, mm -hmm. but sometimes those technologies come with different risks. Yeah. Now, a big one that we've been talking about a lot lately has been lithium-ion batteries. Yes. They're yeah. in everything, <laughs> uh, but when they have a fire associated with them, it's a big fire and it happens quickly. Uh, people use those e-scooters and yep. uh, e-bikes. Yep. The batteries associated with those, you have to be very careful. We've seen a lot of fires um, in homes, on college campuses. Uh, New York City has done a lot of work because you can imagine closed density, a lot of people using those e-bikes. Uh, how do they charge them? Where do they charge them? Uh, so the risk associated with those, people just have to be aware. Okay. Yeah, those are very intense high heat fires. High too, heat right? fires. Yeah. And uh, we know even from electric vehicles, yes. if you have a fire in an electric vehicle, those batteries have a lot of power in them and take a lot of water to suppress those right. types of fires. Yeah, I know there are protocols that firefighters have mm -hmm. to follow if they respond to a crash involving That's right. an electric yeah. vehicle. And NFPA has been on the forefront of developing training for first responders. We're now very active in the public education component um, of the e-scooters, what they call e-mobility devices, mm. uh, so that people are very careful about you know, using the charger that came with the device. Uh, don't charge them in your home if you don't have to, you know, okay. things like that. Because oftentimes what you see is somebody might charge it in their home right in front of the door because okay. they use it to go out the door. Sure. So yeah. if there's a fire, not only do they have a fire, now they've blocked their exit. I see. Okay. So it's a little bit of a double whammy yeah, there. Yeah, things you wouldn't think of. Right. But, you know, when you when you yeah. when you spell it out and you, you put it in perspective. Yeah. Like, like I said, yeah. we benefit from new technology, which is great. They mm. help us in every aspect of our life. Just have to make sure that we're thinking about the risks and how do we train for that and how do we educate people so that they can be safe. Yeah. You know, I'm thinking a lot of the new um, housing developments that we've seen in the region. Uh, wood frame construction. Mm -hmm. um, so is that a concern when it comes to fire safety? Uh, from a safety standpoint, there are codes and standards that apply to those types of buildings. So if they're being built to, and what we advocate for is being built to the latest codes and standards, so it takes into account new forms of building and making sure that they're built appropriately um, so that, again, we can minimize risk. And again, fire suppression systems, yep, fire the right fight. systems. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and though typically what we're seeing in these um, wood buildings is they're high rise or yes. you know well, multiple. Six stories, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they're going to have sprinkler systems. Okay. They're going to have alarm systems. So uh, they're going to have all of those safety features that we know have uh, been so instrumental in reducing loss. Do you ever think we'll get to the point, Lorraine, where we have um, sprinklers required for residential? I sure hope you so. Do. And yeah. uh, so one of the other roles that I have at NFPA is I also serve as the president of the Home Fire Sprinkler Coalition, oh. which is an education organization that really is just promoting the value of home fire sprinklers. Because if we think about all of the scenarios that we talked about, if you have a fire in your home, you are far likely to survive if you've got home fire sprinklers and you're going to have reduced loss. Mm -hmm we would dramatically reduce the fire problem in this country if every new home was built with sprinklers. Wow, that's, that, 
Yeah, so we, we have right the there. awareness, we have the technology. Um, we need to be able to, to get that moving forward more so than we are right now. Well, okay. Yeah. Um, I'll ask you just real quickly in a couple of minutes that we have uh, some quick home safety tips during the holiday season. Sure. Uh, as we get into the holiday season, as we mentioned, it's kind of a convergence of some of the leading causes of home fires. If we talk about cooking is the leading cause of home fires, so with a lot of people around cooking for the holidays pay attention to what you're cooking make sure that you keep anything that can burn a safe distance away from your cooking top heating fires same thing space heaters making sure everything is a safe distance away because those types of fires can be particularly deadly um, pay attention to all of your electrical devices yes. things yep. that you're lighting decorations with um, make sure they're in good working order not frayed or anything uh, use of candles increases this time of year, so same thing, keeping anything that can burn away, making sure that they're extinguished when you leave the room, you go to bed for the night. Uh, so just really paying attention to some very common sense items and, and things that you can do to be safer. And then above all, make sure you have those working smoke alarms in the event that something does go wrong. Sure. Yeah. Uh, NFPA.org, good place Absolutely, to go. Absolutely, right? good place, and yeah. sparky.org as well. <laughs> okay, yeah. excellent. Yeah. A very safe and uh, happy holiday season to you. You as well, and all of your viewers, and appreciate the time and being able to connect in person again, Joe. It's our pleasure. We'll yeah. see you soon. Thanks Take again. Care. Yeah.